Hello, hello. It's Sunday, so you know what that means. This is Twisted Wicked Crime with me, Christina. So how is everybody doing? I logged in today and I saw that I have some new listeners, so I want to shout out to them. Welcome and thank you for going on this journey with me. Uh, You might be listening to the back catalog, which is perfect because you can binge me. Um, Or maybe you're jumping right in with this episode. So I thank you. And I do thank my continued listeners as well. How is everybody? It has been dramatically... Sorry, I have to adjust my glasses. Otherwise, I can't read my notes that I wrote for this case. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. So... What I'm trying to say is it's been hellacious hot here, and today has been cloudy weather, thunderstorms, rain off and on, and it just felt so much like fall outside, like completely like fall. So I busted out the apple and cinnamon Scentsy for my Scentsy warmers, and you know I'm drinking a beer because I'm recording this on a Friday night. Um, even though you guys will hear it on a Sunday or whenever you listen to it after that. And tonight I'm drinking the New Belgium Atomic Pumpkin, which has got some habaneros, uh, peppers in there, and some cinnamon as well as some pumpkin, and it's delicious. And I'm throwing that fall vibe out into the air to bring me cooler weather. I'm forcing the fall here. Also, it's spooky season. What? I know a lot of people uh, start the spooky season in August, but I say it's September 1st, and today is September 1st, so happy spooky season all. Also, happy three-day weekend if you get one. I got one, and I'm very excited because I love that extra day. Usually on Saturdays, I'm doing grocery shopping and cleaning, so my whole day is just gone, or we have birthday parties, or we have just a bunch of errands to run. So I'm excited to get that extra day and my daughter doesn't have school. So it's just, it's perfect. But I want to dive into today's case. I think I rambled on enough. This is a case with a twist at the end. So you're going to want to hang on till then. Um, And I feel like this is a creepy one to kickstart the spooky season. And let's dive in, shall we? In this case, this is known as the Alice killings. And they actually believe that the killer might have been basing their killings off the Alice in Wonderland stories. And you'll actually see why here in a minute when I go into a little more detail. I actually came across this case one day while I was Googling weird and bizarre cases around the world. You know, I like to go down a rabbit hole with Google and just trying to find different cases and this one popped up. Uh, this was a very interesting one that I caught my eye and like I said, it does have a twist that I could totally tell you now, but I think it would ruin a lot for you, so I won't. Uh, some of you might have heard this based on the name. However, it was super new to me and I love true crime, so to come across this was very exciting and it is very brutal and very awful what takes place. It takes place in Japan between 1999 and 2005. So this was a six year crime spree, if you will. 
it was actually not super long ago in time either. This is when someone terrorized Japan with brutal killings. So we are going to talk about five killings that happened between this time. Now, each of these victims were not connected to one another. And authorities really saw no connection as each killing was done differently. So you have five killings, so you definitely have a serial killer on your hands. And so usually, as you know in my true crime world, peeps, that when you have a serial killer, they usually have a type, right? They kill in the same fashion. They choices stabbing or strangling or they have a certain type of person they look for. Pretty, dark, tall, heavy, you know. You get it. You listen to true crime. But all five of these were different, the way they were killed. But authorities would have never connected these five if it wasn't for a calling card that was left at each crime scene. This killer would leave behind a random playing card at each scene in a very weird location. And I'll say weird because you'll find out why which is a huge clue in itself, right? Maybe enough to catch someone. Now, each card had the name Alice written on it in the victim's blood. So I guess I can see where the Alice in Wonderland comes into play because wasn't it the Mad Hatter that had the cards in his hat and the blood with it? Okay, no, but... You know, there's dark stories out there you can twist, but I can kind of see the Alice in Wonderland reference. So playing cards with the name Alice written in blood. And that is just very creepy. Okay, so wow. This leaves authorities going, who the fuck is Alice? They got to find someone named Alice now? Or what does the name Alice mean to this person? They have a mystery now, especially with the one way each person is killed. So let's talk about our victims first. I know I usually talk about, I go back and forth and I talk about the, the victim and then go more into the killer where sometimes I talk about the killer because of their past. And I really think it's important to know their past, um, even though I don't want to glorify the killer. But today we're going to talk about all five victims first, because I feel that this is necessary. Uh, to honor each of these people. Now, our first victim starts with a woman who was just 29 years old, and she's the first known victim of the Alice Killer. She was a restaurator. A restaurator. I'm going to say that word wrong. She was very much into restaurants. A restaurator, I think is how you say that. And I'm going to uh, mispronounce names because this does take place in Japan and I'm going to struggle with it, and I do not mean to say things wrong here. (laughs) Um, So this was Sasaki Megumi, which I think is how you say it. She was 29 years old, and she was known to be a great chef and restaurant owner, so she owned her own restaurant. Those who knew her said that she was someone who was short-tempered with a sharp tongue And she was also very headstrong. But she was only like this when she was dealing with her employees. And I think that she was just passionate about her job. I don't think that she was a bad boss. I just think she wanted a nice restaurant. It's not been reported which restaurant she owned. I tried to find it but couldn't. 
when it came to her job, she had a lot of dedication and her customers knew her for her fine cooking. But outside work, this headstrong woman, Sasaki was also a bit of a party girl. She was very social. Hey girl, I see you, me too. (laughs) Not anymore, really, no. Food and partying, mostly now. The little partying that I do, mostly food. (laughs) I hide behind a mic every week, okay? This is my kind of trick though. She loved going to parties any chance she had. She was just living her best life and I'm here for it. It was one night after one of her parties that she went to that she went missing. Now this party was at a friend's house of hers just about a block away from where she lived. She was having some drinks, hanging out with friends, you know, just unloading some stress of the restaurant life. And I'm sure there was music with dancing, just an overall good time. Now the white, the night went on and the drinks kept flowing and friends that were there said that she started getting a little drunky drunky. Like, let it go, girl. She's a business owner. She's working hard. Like, she's just letting loose. And this is when Sasaki decided that she wanted to walk home that night because she was a little too drunk to drive. And seeing that she was only a block away from her house, that it wouldn't take long. Now, several people at this party offered her a ride home or offered to take the walk with her just to make sure she made it home safe. And those sounds like some really good friends right there. But she declined and shrugged them off for reasons to this day we do not know. My guess is when you've been drinking, you think you can take on the world, right? She's strong-headed at work, so probably like, no, I got this. Or not realizing that you're more drunk than you really are. But Sasaki left this party, and she was seen leaving the home of the party around 1 a.m. This was the last anyone would see her alive. Now, it didn't take long for her body to be discovered, which is good news, right? The next morning, a couple were out walking about a mile away from Sasaki's house. And I really hope I'm saying her name right. This couple are going along a path and they notice a large amount of blood that's on an unused path that had been overgrown. Now, being curious, they decided, hey, let's follow this creepy mystery blood path. Okay, I'm all about the spooky adventure, but you don't know what's at the end of that blood path waiting for you. But I actually think they were nice people and they thought maybe someone was hurt, so they went to go check out the scene. But my creepy butt goes the other direction. Like, what is it? <laughs> I don't know. I They're brave, but I think they just were trying to help somebody that they thought might have been hurt. So they followed it and this is where they found Sasaki's dead body. And, okay, this is bad, guys. Her body had been torn apart. Her body parts impaled on various tree branches. Her organs and everything were just strung up on the branches. And that would be horrific to see. Just awful. Poor Sasaki. That is brutal what she went through. And she was torn into pieces. This poor couple, too, they were just on a nice morning walk, not expecting to see this. What Sasaki went through sounds awful. This couple is unnamed, um, but they do call the police right away. Police arrive to this gruesome scene, 
and I'm sure their mouths were just like wide open, thinking, where do we start and process this? Investigation begins, and this is when police find a playing card. The Jack of Spades, Jack of Spades, sorry, shoved into Sasaki's mouth. The playing card had the name Alice written in her blood on it. This was the only thing the killer left behind. There was no DNA, no fingerprints or footprints, not even a murder weapon. Now, there was a lot of vomit on scene, which, okay, something clearly happened, but the female of the couple admitted that it was hers. And girl, I feel you. I'd be thrown up all kinds if I came up onto that. And my stomach hurts now, so I'm going to take a little sip of my beer to calm my nerves because it gets worse if it's possible. I just feel so bad for Sasaki. Like, she was just having fun at a party. You guys, I'm sorry. I have to clean my glasses again. I don't know what's going on with my glasses. I can't see out of them. So that's why I'm tripping up on my words. I'm sorry. So let's move on to victim number two. This is Yamane Aiko. The age of him is unknown. I couldn't find that anywhere, but I am going to guess that he was a little younger. Yamane was barely was a barely known singer in a band, and he had high hopes of making it big one day. His band currently wasn't playing anything but various bars here and there and community functions and parties and hey, you have to start somewhere, and he had dreams of making it big. I know a lot of artists start off that way. His friends and bandmates described him as kind-hearted, and he would never raise his voice to anyone. Like, he would shout it out, scream on stage, but off stage, he would never raise his voice. He was also willing to lend a helping hand. And seriously, I say this all the time, but why does it happen to the good ones? It shouldn't happen to anyone, but it seems like the good-hearted ones, the achievers, get the axe. Like, ugh. And like I said, his voice was loud and screaming on stage, and off he was reserved. Now, it was reported that his band broke up after Yamin's death, which is sweet, because they said they did not have the heart to find a new singer to replace him. Oh my god, just stop. That is amazing. Like, good for them. And that's heartbreaking. On February 11th, 2001, Yamane, Yaman, Yamane, Yaman, I'm sorry, dude, I'm saying your name wrong. I know I am. Him and his band were practicing and it was earlier in the day. When they wrapped up practice, Yamane headed home to his apartment. This was the last time his bandmates saw him alive. So sometime between Early afternoon and evening, Yamane was abducted from his apartment. And it was actually his girlfriend who was the one who discovered him missing. See, that night she went by his apartment to see him. And when he didn't answer the door, she went in herself thinking maybe he fell asleep. Upon entering, she was surprised to find that his place was empty. So within days, a missing persons report was filed why it took two days, I have no idea. Maybe on her, maybe she thought, I don't know what her reasoning was, but anyway, two days later, a missing persons report was filed. 
And also, by the way, I could not find any names on witnesses, friends, or girlfriends' names anywhere. And I assume it's to protect them. And there's a reason why, which is kind of our twist at the end. And I believe this is a reason they want to be protected, I'm sure. So with that, a search began for Yamin. Police start with, okay, what happened after he got home? Did he leave again? Like, what is up? So they checked the security footage of the apartment complex. Now, police did catch something odd on the tape. They see a hooded man who has the hood down over his face so they can't see his face entering through the side door, like forcing his way into Yamin's apartment. And then they see the same man leaving with a large garbage bag that was strangely bulged bulged i don't know why i used that word (sighs) no one in the apartment building could say that they saw this hooded man and this stranger was never identified whoever this hooded stranger is he is believed to be the killer but no face was seen so it's hard to really pin this on the hooded one which, hey, Christina, it could have been a woman too. We, we don't know, right? We couldn't see the face. Women are killers too. So a week goes by and still no lead or signs on Yamin. No calls to friends or family, not even his girlfriend. It's like he just vanished into thin air. And sadly, the owner of Yoshida's bar was opening up for the day. And this was a bar that one of the band's or one of the bars that the bands played at often. And he walks in, ready to start his day. He's all happy, smiley, and he's met with a grizzly sight. And grizzly's putting it nicely. And if I walked into this, I'd be like, bye, I'm sick for the day, and close up. I actually wouldn't look at it. Or maybe I would. I don't know. Well, The owner saw slumped over one of the tables, Yamin's body. He had been shot in the head. And my God, this is just horrific. I don't even want to say this. His vocal cords had been ripped from his throat. And it gets worse. Hold on. His Alice card was the King of Diamonds with Alice written in his blood. And it was clutched clutched in his hand along with his ripped out vocal cords. Oh my God, that sounds so brutal. So please tell me that he was shot first. I mean, he probably was because either way, it's bad. Anyway, shot in the head, ripped out vocal cords first or after. It, It doesn't matter. It's all bad. It's horrific. My God. The person who did this must have known Yamin, played there often, and knew that he was a singer because he went for his vocal cords. And that's kind of what authorities were thinking, too. So now you have two victims, right? Killed in two different ways, completely opposite ways. Completely. And they both have the same different type of playing card with the word Alice written on the back in their own blood. So you can see where police could see this was not connected so far, except for the cards, right? But it's definitely connected. So victim three 
Hmm, this one's always hard when I'm gonna say her name wrong too. K Kai Kai. It's K A I Kai. We're gonna say Kai. Kai Sakura. She was just a teen who had her whole life ahead of her. And this is one that'll break your heart. The younger ones just like hurt deep, right? No one deserves to die, but the young ones, seriously. She was super sweet and well-loved by her classmates and family. She had dreams of going to college and becoming a fashion designer. Which, right on, girlfriend. Follow your dreams. A week before her high school graduation is when her parents reported her missing. Now, the whole town just, like, were combing over everything looking for her. And her parents were frantic doing everything they could to search for their missing girl. Cause it was pretty clear to them that she, she had been abducted. It wasn't like Kai to just run away. She had dreams and big ones. She was headed off to college soon. She wanted to be a fashion designer. So all that frantic searching paid off and Kai was found just two days after she went missing, which bravo police. She was found in a shallow, shall, I cannot say this word, shallow, there we go, shallow grave buried. It was like the person who did this, did, like wanted her to be seen, like didn't want her hidden, like they just didn't care. They just placed her in a shallow grave. But even if they didn't, her grave was marked with her Alice playing card, Right. There was a stick stuck in the ground next to it, and on top of it was stuck to it her playing card. And her card was the Queen of Clubs. Again, written in her blood, the name Alice. And I'm going to say this again. Trigger warning. This is horrific because this person is a complete monster. And I'm going to uh, take another sip of my delicious pumpkin beer. Way to go, New Belgium. Come on, fall. All right, here we go. We're saying it. Her body was completely mutilated. Her eyes had been carved out of her head. Oh, my God. Her skin was filleted like she was skinned. Ugh. And her mouth had been carved open. I'm guessing kind of like a smile. I'm not sure what that means by being carved open. And likely... When she was still alive, a crown was sewn into the top of her head. Oh my god, that's horrific. If that is true with her being alive for that part, oh my god, that pain that poor girl felt. Oh, and she's just a teenager getting ready to graduate high school. This person has no patterns, just pure brutality. But thankfully, there was no sexual assault on her. So thank God for that. He just wanted to kill. Like, I mean, ugh, it hurts my stomach. Now this time, the killer did leave another item behind, not just one of his playing cards. Alongside her body was a handwritten note that was very straggly handwriting. And it didn't make a lot of sense. And some of it was kind of unreadable. But phrases that said, death is a distorted dream, 
she will forever rule. And <laughs> those that die are the lucky ones. Mm, that's fucked up and creepy. So police try to do a handwriting match. I don't know what, uh, how they were matching it with who. Maybe they had some people in mind, but nothing came back as a positive match. So they were never able to match the handwriting. And that was kind of a dead end. They had another clue and they couldn't match the handwriting. Now, our last two victims, number four and five, are siblings. And they were young, too. I'm giving a trigger warning. And they're the last known killings of the Alice playing card killer. These two murders are surprisingly the least gruesome out of all of them. Like, how is that possible? Hmm. Ashiro and Hina Hayito were siblings, as I mentioned, and they were actually very close to each other, which makes us even more sad. Hina was the older sister of the two, and she was known to be very stubborn. Like, I was stubborn like that when I was growing up. Her younger brother, Hayito, was very smart. And even though he was the younger brother, he was in the same grade in class as his sister. He was so smart that he skipped a grade. And again, why is it always the good ones like this? Me and my younger brother. Mm -hmm. I, like, was never smart. He was always slightly smarter than me. I don't know. I Now I think we're kind of equal. Now, you could tell that they were very close with each other as they hardly ever fought. Most siblings hate each other growing up. Me and my brother did, or more so me on him. I tried rolling him out the front door one time in a ball when he was a baby. I tried shoving him into a dryer, and I would also tell my mom very often to send him back where he came from. So, yeah, what does that tell you? <laughs> they were close. On uh, April 4th, 2005, both the siblings were found dead in their beds when their parents went in in the morning to wake them up for the day. They were shaking them and couldn't wake them up, and they found out that they were dead. That was just horrific. And they later found out that the cause of death of their two kids was lethal injection, but by an unknown substance. There was a puncture wound on the back of both their hands. So, oh my God, they don't even know. It was probably some kind of poison. Ooh. In the children's hands, each held half of an ace of hearts playing card. That one placed together spelled Alice. And I think it, what I read was it had blood too, which there was no blood at scene. So I don't know whose blood it was, but in typical fashion of this monster, he wrote Alice in blood on the back and each of them had a piece in their hand, which my God, my heart. Now, authority believes that since the window was open and left open, the killer used the window and quietly uh, snuck in to inject them without waking them up and then snuck back out. Something big, they found a pretty dominant smudge um, in the carpet that resembled a footprint, but upon further investigation, there was a lot of damage to it, and it was unusable. 
they're just like coming up like left and right with they're just not having any looks with this and i apologize my cat waffles has been so good and now she's like being kind of boo-boo come here baby come here sorry guys now the only piece of evidence other than the playing card and they can't use it these poor parents it's just horrific and because of this her kid's death she could not handle the pain of losing her children and she committed suicide almost a year after the siblings were killed so really he took a sixth victim okay so this left the father alone now and having to deal with the death of his kids and the suicide of his wife and he had to go through intense therapy um he became very depressed and i believe that he is still going through therapy today um i don't have an update of him i tried to find one but i would imagine so and i'm sure they're treating him with med medication but i'm guessing he's still alive it's just bananas that none of these people are connected to each other the murders all done differently the times were so spread out too. 1999 to 2005 that's six years total and unknown if there are other victims it's very possible because it was a six-year time frame so who the hell did these brutal crimes shortly after the siblings murder police were able to make an arrest and this ended up being their only one which I'm going to tell you right now is not a good thing. Police arrested a homeless man by the name of Suzuki Outo. And he had a history of mental illness and had a lot of mental issues and stated that he could not remember where he was for any of these murders the time that they took place. Well, that doesn't really justify them to arrest him. They can't prove anything because he has mental issues and can't remember where he was. Well, in fact, they could because he was wearing the jacket of one of the victims, Yamin Aiko, our band, our band guy. And there was a bit of blood on the jacket, which they tested and it came back matching Yamin. So Suzuki, the homeless man, mm. He was enraged at this point because he was insistent that he did not do these murders and that actually a demon dressed in black with no face had given him the coat. Now that is a creepy, spooky thing to think about. Again, he has no, he has mental illness, so he probably saw somebody with no face or maybe it was the hooded man and his face was covered with the hood. But anyway... This coat could have also been left somewhere or donated and he picked it up and he claims he did not do this. I mean, he's homeless. He gathers stuff all the time. And since he has mental issues and he's homeless, police think this is crazy talk, right? Like, oh, a man with no face gave you the coat, blah, 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 blah. You have the coat, the blood matches. And there's also a homeless shelter five miles away from Kai's home our teenager friend that was murdered that you often go to. Now, he made sense to police, so they arrested him. I mean, someone could have planted the jacket too, right? Penning in on a mentally ill homeless man. 
Like how could police track these murders back to a homeless man, right? So maybe they planted it. But in any case, they found him and they arrested him. And they were convinced that this was their guy and they were running with it. And as I said, he was taken in, but many witnesses stated they could account for where he was even if he couldn't. And the homeless shelter that I just mentioned confirmed that they had Suzuki on record of being at the shelter the night that Kai was murdered. He 100% didn't do this. Now he has this jacket, it's a coincidence, but they have nothing to hold him anymore. Now he was the only person named and arrested for the Alice killings. And this case remains a mystery and unsolved today. Why have they not named anyone else as a suspect or why has it remained unsolved for so long? I mean, there are a lot of cases that are still unsolved to this day, like 40 years later, but it just seems like there's something that they're missing. These playing cards have to be a key. Well, there's a reason for that. There have been no such killings in Japan. There's no such thing as the Alice killings. This never happened. Well, at least we think it didn't happen. There are actually no records anywhere proving this is true. And this is actually a story out there. I researched it, but it's just that it's just a story. There are no records of it happening. It's an urban legend that I believe could be true because for an urban legend, it's got a lot of detail to it for never happening. It names places, people's dates. It's very detailed in the way that they were killed. So it leaves people like me going, huh? How come we know so much on an urban legend? Or was it just a completely fabricated story that has more behind it, like a cover-up? Strange that there are no records of these people or cases happening in Japan. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to do that to you guys. I thought that'd be a fun, spooky urban legend to start it off. But really, seriously, it makes your head hurt, right? Because there is a lot of details. So was it not in Japan? Is this killer out there telling us what they did? And he was never caught. So this was like his way of releasing this story. I mean... Or is this just like a creepypasta story? Because this is where I kind of found this. And I really did um, find this on Google by accident. And I thought it would be fun to do. Because it makes your head hurt whether this is real or not, right? So let's take a drink. It's so like, ah, it's like an urban legend like the Lost Loch Ness Monster. Like, it's about as much information on that because we knew weight and size and color of the Loch Ness, right? Like, it just has too much detail not to be real. But that's the way urban legends are sometimes. We hear these urban legends, we take a story and we run with it and our brains and our imaginations just go with it and we believe that it's real. But I have another twist to this. There was a murderer that operated out of Spain in 2003. He was convicted of six murders where he left a playing card at the crime scene. His name is Alfredo Galen. Galan. I don't really care how I say his last name because he's a piece of shit. 
and he was known as the deck of cards killer or the playing card killer. And he was sentenced to 142 years in prison. He is 45 years old and still there. And he is potentially the inspiration behind the Alice Killings story. Now, the last Alice Killing was in 2005. So this story could have come out after 2005. I don't really know when it originated. Waffles, hey, baby, stop. Come here. Um, sorry, guys. They it was in 2005, so I have no clarification when this story started and how fabricated it got over the years. But anyway, we have no clear indication if this is real, made up, or based off the guy from Spain. And it could all just be an urban legend, but that is the Alice Killings. And actually, when I first Googled these weird and bizarre strangers across the world, I completely thought this was real, but as I was diving deeper, I saw no actual reports on these victims. No names were named, like witnesses or anything. I knew it was an urban legend. But in my heart, writing this up, I actually feel like it could be a little real. Could it be? What do you guys think? Either way, I thought this was fun, real or not. And I probably have all your heads hurting and you hate me, you're kicking and you're screaming. You're like, why would you do that to me? Well, welcome to spooky season with an urban legend. And it's funny how those urban legends get our minds going. This was a shorter one, but I hope you all enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoy your long weekend with the extra day. I am going to post one and only photo that I can of this and get your head rattling uh, on my Insta at Twisted Wicked Crime, the podcast. And you can support me by buying me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Twisted Wicked Crime. And also you can support me by giving me a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Yeah, I would love it because it would boost my podcast out there even more. Now, next week I'm going to do a doozy with an awful man. And I won't say who, because I don't want you Googling it. <laughs> because as we learned, I could trick you. No, I won't do that to you. But I probably will bring you some more urban legends later down the road, because those are fun. And I like to have discussions on them. And that was actually fun, because I took a story and I kind of incorporated my own stuff into it and made it, again, more of an urban legend. <laughs> But I do have some gruesome, gruesome cases coming up, so stay tuned. And I hope you all stay happy, stay healthy, you make good choices, and most of all, you stay alive. I will talk to you all next week. Bye.